Dunkin' Cold Coffee can be brewed at home in your Keurig coffee maker with Dunkin' Cold K-Cup pods. Just brew it hot over ice and enjoy flavor that's crafted to serve cold. The home with Dunkin' is where you want to be. Good morning. One step closer. Pfizer seeks emergency authorization for the COVID vaccine for young children. The decision in the hands of federal health officials this morning. How soon could the shots be coming? And can it break the back of this pandemic? We'll ask the former acting director of the CDC. Breaking overnight, buying time. The A's are 50, the nays are 48. The Senate averts an economic catastrophe, raising the nation's debt ceiling by a razor-thin margin. Straight ahead, why some key Republicans are angry at their own leaders over the deal as Washington once again kicks the can down the road. Defiant, former President Trump telling former aides to ignore subpoenas as Congress investigates the January 6th insurrection. And this morning, the new details emerging on how Justice Department officials stepped in to stop Trump from overturning the election. We're live on Capitol Hill. All that plus holiday travel trouble, the season set to be one of the busiest for the airlines in years. Straight ahead, the deadline you need to know for finding and booking flights you can afford. Today, Friday, October 8th, 2021. From NBC News, this is Today with Savannah Guthrie and Hoda Kotb. Live from Studio 1A in Rockefeller Plaza. And good morning, everybody. Welcome to today. Good to have you with us on a Friday morning. Can you imagine all the phones that were on that Falcon landing <laughs> on that guy's head? You said instant replay. There'll be plenty, plenty of, of instant, instant replay. And that fit, it's fan. That. I mean, all right, we points for cool composure. No kidding. He's like, get this off me. He just hangs. Is there a bird on my head? <laughs> yes. We're going to have more on that in just a minute. But we are going to start with the breaking news that will have a lasting impact over the next few weeks. That's right, including the Senate reaching an overnight deal to avoid what was being called a financial catastrophe. The Senate extended the nation's debt limit overnight, but only for two months. So we're going to get details on how where this is all headed in a live report from Capitol Hill. Meantime, there's some new warnings that holiday travel is going to get a lot more expensive and more crowded. Some sites saying book before Halloween or else. What you need to know straight ahead. But we begin with that news about kids and vaccines. Millions of parents, grandparents, teachers across the U.S. now waiting anxiously for government regulators to decide if the Pfizer vaccine is safe and effective for kids aged 5 to 11. An FDA advisory panel set to meet in just over two weeks to consider Pfizer's application. In a moment, we'll talk to Dr. Richard Besser, the former acting director of the CDC, also a pediatrician. But first, NBC's Gabe Gutierrez joins us with the news. Gabe, good morning. Savannah, good morning. Shots for this new age group could ship out before Thanksgiving, a potential light at the end of the tunnel for many families ahead of the holiday season. This morning, a critical decision now on the horizon, not just for the FDA, but for the parents of more than 28 million school-aged children. We'll be the first in line when we can be. An FDA advisory panel will meet October 26 to consider Pfizer's application for emergency use of their vaccine for children ages 5 to 11. If the panel approves, the CDC is expected to make a final decision soon after, setting up a new wave of vaccinations just before the holidays. Pfizer's trial included nearly 2,300 participants ages 5 to 11 who were given two doses 21 days apart. The mini doses were 10 micrograms each, a third of the already approved amount for adults. Pfizer's head of vaccine development telling Savannah last month. The level of antibody the vaccine is generating in children 5 to 11 
matches the level of antibody that we know provides protection for individuals 16 years of age and older. The pandemic's impact on kids has been wide-ranging. New research shows that nearly 130,000 children have lost a primary caregiver from COVID. A disproportionate number, 65%, are racial or ethnic minorities. And this year, as schools began opening up, COVID cases among kids skyrocketed. The American Academy of Pediatrics counted nearly 850,000 child COVID cases just in September, representing more than one in four infections nationwide. Despite that, a recent survey found a third of parents of 5 to 11-year-olds say they will wait and see before vaccinating their children. Introducing something that's so brand new is always questionable. Um, it's just something I'm going to have to do some research on. Medical experts are urging parents to speak to their pediatricians and consider other potential upsides to the vaccine, saying it can help children stay in school without interruption, allow them to participate in their favorite activities, and see older family members. Adding another layer of protection with vaccination just gives them more opportunities to get that development that they need. Next week, the FDA advisory panel is set to discuss another crucial issue, whether to authorize Moderna and Johnson & Johnson booster shots. Savannah. All right, Gabe, thank you. And joining us now, Dr. Richard Besser, former acting director of the CDC, a pediatrician and the president of the Robert Wood Johnson Foundation. Hi, Dr. Besser. This is so encouraging, especially for those of us who do have kids in this age range. How quickly do you think, given the timeline and what you know about FDA and CDC procedures, could we really be seeing kids getting those first shots? Yeah, you know, Savannah, this is exciting news. I'm I'm cautiously optimistic. I'm going to be watching the the FDA and CDC processes really really closely before I make my decision about recommendation. But assuming that the FDA approves this and that the advisory committee to CDC recommends it, uh, it would be sometime in November. Uh, you know, these these vaccines need to be packaged a little differently than the adult ones because as as we just heard, the the dose is a third of what it takes to provide the protection to to an adult. Uh, and, that, and that's great. You want to give as little as you need to to provide, you know, safe and effective coverage. But it's still a two-shot regimen, right? So let's say we take your timeline and the first shot goes in early November. It still would be, what, six weeks, five, six weeks before you had total protection? Yeah, that would be how long it takes for total protection. But you would start to get some protection. So, you know, as families are thinking about Thanksgiving, thinking about the holiday season, uh, this could change the trajectory for some families. Uh, but really only those families where the adults have already stood up and said, I, I, I want to get vaccinated and they've done so. I would really encourage adults to look at those decisions if they want to have uh, a normal Thanksgiving and Christmas. What about kids ages two to five? Pfizer's been looking at that as well. Do you expect that data to be submitted soon as well? Uh, I think that uh, those data will, will it will be the end of the year bef before we see that. Uh, that's that's a little longer term coming. You know, and the, uh, I'm not surprised that there's a lot of parents who want to wait, wait and see. You know, there are, there are those parents who want to be right in line. They're excited. They know that getting their children vaccinated will help protect them and will help protect those people around those kids. So teachers and staff and coaches and uh, bus drivers. It'll help protect relatives when they get together. But for other 
others, it, it, the, the idea that this is being licensed with just a few thousand children having received it, wait and see is another option. It's very important that as pediatricians, we meet parents where they are, we listen, we work with them to ensure that children have the protection they need. So would that be your take if I'm your patient and I come in and I say, well, I've got my six-year-old here. Should I, should I get her vaccinated or should I wait and see? Would you say wait and see is okay? Well, yeah, I would, I would, I would lay out the evidence, uh, you know. And again, I want to, I want to make sure that the independent advisory committees to the agencies really have an opportunity to dig into the data. Right now, all we have is the company report, and I want to make sure that they're convinced this is safe and effective. But assuming that that's their conclusion, um, I do think that this does provide uh, good protection. This is a way to go. It, until we have vaccines for children, we're not going to see our way fully out of this, uh, out of this pandemic. And and so this will be an important piece. But for parents who, who want to wait and see, I'll talk to them about other measures that they need to do to help protect their children, making sure that adults around their kids are vaccinated, that their kids are wearing masks when, when appropriate, doing those things that we're doing right now to keep kids in school learning safely. And, and real quickly, I mean, if you have uh, kids that are vaccinated, does that mean that th those masks can come down in school settings? Well, you know, I, I, I think probably not, given that it, it's going to take a long time before we see full vaccination or high vaccination rates. But, the, you know, the virus is going to call the shots on this. You know, thankfully, we're seeing numbers going down across the country. Mm -hmm. If that continues, uh, this winter could be a lot different than the last few months have been. Well, let's hope. Dr. Besser, thanks for your time. Appreciate it. Thank you. Now let's move to that breaking news out of Washington overnight. The Senate passing a bill to extend the nation's debt limit through early December, temporarily avoiding an economic crisis, but setting up yet another showdown in just a matter of weeks. NBC's senior Capitol Hill correspondent Garrett Hake has details on this. Hey, Garrett, good morning. Hey, Hoda, good morning. The House will vote to send this bill to the president's desk on Tuesday. No drama expected there, but this is very much a temporary solution, which could mean we could be staring into another default crisis right in the lead up to Christmas. On this vote, the yeas are 50, the nays are 48. Overnight on Capitol Hill, a debt debacle deferred. Senators passing a bill to lift the debt ceiling by $480 billion. The temporary move buying lawmakers nearly two months to come up with a longer term solution before the next default deadline in early December. What is needed now is a long term solution so we don't go through this risky drama every few months. The short term solution proposed by Republican leader Mitch McConnell breaks an impasse between the parties with GOP senators dropping for now their demands that Democrats raise the nation's borrowing limit on their own through a lengthy process. The majority didn't have a plan to prevent default, so we stepped forward. Some Republicans criticizing their party leader's decision. I believe Democratic leader Schumer was on the verge of surrendering, and then unfortunately, yesterday, Republicans blinked. While Democrats declared a momentary victory. Uh, look, McConnell blinked. But are we having this entire conversation all over again in December? Yep. The debt limit acts like the nation's credit card limit, currently set just over $28 trillion. If our debts exceed that number, the country defaults. Experts say stocks would tumble, mortgage and credit card rates would rise, and the government wouldn't be able to send out food stamps, tax credits, or pay the military. That risk now delayed until December, but not dismissed entirely. We voted. We've 
averted the fiscal cliff, at least so, for now. What does it say about the way we run our government if we're going to lurch from month to month on funding it, on keeping the debt manageable? This country was founded by geniuses, but it's being run by idiots. All right, uh, Garrett, so we've seen the divisions among Democrats. Those are clear, and now we're starting to see some of the same among Republicans. So how big of a rift may this cause in the GOP? Yeah, this decision to back down here really did divide Republicans. You saw Ted Cruz, Republican Senator Lindsey Graham, some of the loudest critics of Mitch McConnell, their own party leader. Also, former President Trump has been loudly and repeatedly criticizing McConnell's strategy in all of this. All of this just ratchets up the pressure and probably makes coming up with a longer-term solution in December that much more difficult. Oda. All right, Garrett Hakeforth here on the Hill. Garrett, thank you. And we're going to stay in Washington as Craig joins us. We turn to another story there. Yeah, Savannah Hoda, good, good morning. morning. Good morning to you as well. New developments this morning in the congressional investigation looking into the January 6th insurrection at the Capitol. Former aides to then-President Trump ignoring House subpoenas at the direction of the former president himself. NBC's senior Washington correspondent Hallie Jackson joins us now with more on all of this. Hallie, good morning. Hey, Craig, good morning to you. Those aides apparently blowing past a deadline to comply with a congressional subpoena, suggesting a long legal battle ahead for the committee investigating what happened on January 6th. And it comes as a new Senate report details how, in the days just before that riot, the former president escalated his pressure campaign on the Department of Justice to try to undermine the legitimate results of the election. New signals this morning that former President Trump will stay defiant as Congress investigates the lead up to the January 6th Capitol riot, indicating he'll exert his executive privilege to avoid investigators' requests. Four key Trump administration officials ignoring a subpoena deadline from the Congressional Committee investigating the riot. NBC News confirming reports the former president directed them to disregard the demand for documents. A Trump spokesperson telling NBC those lawmakers have put forth an outrageously broad records request that lacks both legal precedent and legislative merit. Executive privilege will be defended. Now, new details on the extraordinary lengths Donald Trump went to in the days before the riot to try and undermine the 2020 election. And they're not taking this White House. We're going to fight like hell. A Senate report detailing nine times the then-president pressured top Justice Department officials to overturn President Biden's legitimate victory, describing near-daily outreach to the DOJ and a bombshell meeting on January 3rd. That's when, the report says, former President Trump threatened to replace the acting attorney general with a loyalist who would help Mr. Trump try to prove the election was stolen, even though it was not. But top DOJ officials warned of mass resignations if that happened. The White House counsel said he would step down, too, reportedly calling Mr. Trump's plan a murder-suicide pact. The then-president backed down, the report says. We were a half-step away from a full-blown constitutional crisis. Those details, based on documents and interviews conducted by the Senate Judiciary Committee in a report titled Subverting Justice, describing Mr. Trump's conduct as relentless. But Republicans on that committee say his actions were consistent with his responsibilities as president to faithfully execute the law, arguing he did not weaponize DOJ for his personal or campaign purposes. One top Republican pointing out, in the end, Mr. Trump did not ultimately replace his acting attorney general. The president did the right thing. If he had made another decision, you would have had a problem. As for that January 6th select committee, they've also just issued a new round of subpoenas requesting information from the organizers of a pro-Trump rally at the Capitol that day.
Craig. Our senior Washington correspondent, Hallie Jackson. For us, Hallie, thank you. We have a lot more to get to, including, guys, our first check of the weather. Hey, Al, happy hey, Friday. Well, happy Friday to everybody. we got some soggy weather to talk about, especially down south, but it is going to make its way up the coast. We've got right now 9 million people under flash flood watches and warnings, and this is all part of a system that's developing off the coast. So we've got this front producing more heavy rain in the southeast. There's this little area that the National Hurricane Center has been watching. We don't think it's going to develop into a tropical system, but these two systems will merge, and that's going to bring in gusty winds and a lot of heavy rain for the eastern Carolinas, but this system will then also start to spin up a lot of wet weather. That coastal low will ride north toward the mid-Atlantic, bringing heavy rain, expanding into the northeast over the weekend, so we look for wet weather from Florida all the way into the mid-Atlantic states, and that rain extends up into the northeast. Now, depending on how far up that low gets, we may even see some heavier rain further up to the north. And that is your latest weather. Guys? All right, Al, thank you. Still ahead, the holiday travel season shaping up to be one of the busiest in years. Millions of families are apparently making up for lost time. And now is the time to buy if you're booking flights, hotels, or renting cars. We have everything you need to know. And then Carrie Sanders takes us into the woods of Maine for an eye-opening look at the impact of climate change now taking a toll on one of the state's most iconic animals. But first, this is Today on NBC. In life, we're often driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to find candidates isn't to search, it's to match with Indeed. Indeed's a matching and hiring platform used by over 300 million global monthly users, according to Indeed data. Need quality candidates fast? Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging. And you'll connect with candidates in no time. And it's not just faster. 93% of employers agree that Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And here's the best part. Listeners of this show get a $75 sponsored job credit, giving your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com today. Just go to Indeed.com slash today right now and support this show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash today. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Luxury is meant to be livable. Discover the new leather collection at Ashley with premium quality leather sofas, recliners, and more, all built to last. No matter how many spills, scuffs, or pet-related mishaps come its way, the leather collection at Ashley is made with the durability you need for the whole family. Shop the new leather collection at Ashley and find chairs starting at $499.99 and sofas at $599.99. Ashley, for the love of home. We love on a Friday at 7.30, a big, fun Friday crowd out on the plaza. They are, it's packed. It's a beautiful day. We can't wait to get outside there, join them. We're even going to do a little cooking because it's Today Loves Football. Today, Matt Abdu's here is going to be cooking, so all these people are going to get a lot of air time. We've been yes. all waiting yeah. for the, the day when the football food would actually be yes. here again. This oh, is that day. day. Today is that day. Uh, let's get your headline, 7.30 on a Friday, and we're going to begin with the latest on the search for Brian Laundrie. His father, Chris, is now helping authorities in the search for his son. Law enforcement officials returned yesterday to the sprawling Florida Wildlife Refuge where much of that search had been focused. The Laundrie family attorney says Chris Laundrie joined authorities to show them where his son's favorite trails and spots were. 
Brian Laundry is wanted for questioning in the disappearance of his fiance Gabby Petito, whose remains were found last month at a campground in Wyoming. The U.S. Navy says one of its attack submarines struck an unknown object while submerged in the South China Sea. The incident happened last Saturday, but was not publicly disclosed until yesterday for security reasons. Navy officials say it's not yet clear what the USS Connecticut hit, but they say it was not another submarine. Nearly a dozen sailors were hurt, but they're all expected to be okay. The submarine remains fully operational. Damage is still being assessed. All right, guys, if you are thinking about flying to see your family or friends during the holidays, experts say you've got to start planning right now. Yeah, and you should also put away a little extra money to spend on that trip. Prices are going up. NBC's Ann Thompson is at New York's LaGuardia Airport with a uh, all about the early start to the holiday travel rush. Hi, Ann. Good morning. Good morning, Savannah. You know, after two years of having travel plans sidelined by COVID, Americans are ready to fly, and many are already researching and reserving that perfect holiday getaway, a getaway that will be more crowded and more expensive. Americans want to travel like it's 2019 again. The number of folks who are excited to get out on an airplane uh, right now and for the holidays is really rebounding quickly. Thanksgiving week bookings are 35% higher than the same time before the pandemic. And December is ramping up to be a big month too, after many people skipped celebrating the holidays with family last year due to COVID. I will be spending Christmas with my family. I encourage people, particularly the vaccinated people who are protected, to have a good, normal Christmas with your family. United plans to offer 3,500 flights a day in December, the most since COVID grounded the travel industry. The airline focusing on adding flights to sun and ski destinations. Think Florida, Las Vegas, and Colorado, especially from airports in the Midwest. Why? It's seen a 16% jump in searches for holiday travel compared to two years ago. More demand in many places will mean less availability and higher prices. Guesty, the short-term rental company, reports the average nightly rate is up from $332 in 2019 to almost $600 now. Airfares are soaring, too. Well, I would expect fuller planes as we move forward into the holiday season, and I would expect uh, uh, the availability of cheap flights for this holiday season to really start to dissipate quickly. Travel website Hopper says price hikes will be scary if you're booking after Halloween, up to 40%, with the average round-trip ticket landing at $400. Wait until the last minute and you could pay another 25% on top of that. As for vaccinations, most major airlines require their employees to be vaccinated, but there is no such mandate for air travelers. Thursday, Dr. Ashish Jha told Hoda and Savannah he would like to see one. There's still a lot of unvaccinated people. Uh, and I think if we really want to get back to normal, it's going to make a big difference. Industry experts say travelers need to be flexible about their dates and destinations this year. Book rental cars now and be prepared for crowds. Okay, so besides being flexible, what are some other tips people should keep in mind when they're booking their holiday travel? First of all, Savannah, you want to check those refund policies on your hotels and your airfares. You want to look for the customer-friendly ones, and you want to avoid non-refundable 
tickets. Also, consider getting cancel my travel for any reason insurance policies so you can be more flexible. And then here's something that's really kind of counterintuitive. Consider traveling internationally during Thanksgiving week because that's when those planes are much less crowded and fares could go down because the rest of us are all thinking about traveling domestically. But of course, you have to keep in mind the vaccination and COVID restrictions when you travel abroad. Interesting thought. Don't go to grandma's house, send her a postcard from Paris. <laughs> and thank you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Coming up next, Carrie Sanders on the surprising ways climate change is taking a toll on the moose of Maine. And for an up-close look, Carrie even found himself imitating their calls. Damn good, Carrie. That's damn good. (laughs) (laughs) Damn good, Carrie. But first, these messages. Luxury is meant to be livable. Discover the new leather collection at Ashley with premium quality leather sofas, recliners, and more, all built to last. No matter how many spills, scuffs, or pet-related mishaps come its way, the leather collection at Ashley is made with the durability you need for the whole family. Shop the new leather collection at Ashley and find chairs starting at $499.99 and sofas at $599.99. Ashley, for the love of home. We are back 740 with more of our Today Climate series. And this morning, a firsthand look at how the warming of our planet is taking a toll on wildlife. And this is Carrie Sanders is in Maine because a longtime local favorite is very much in need of help. Carrie? Well, good morning, guys. The autumn colors here in Maine have come later than usual. Climate scientists say that these days, fall is later, the winters here are shorter, and spring comes sooner than it ever did. All of this a function of climate change that biologists say is having a devastating impact on one of this state's iconic animals, the moose. Majestic, magnificent, but here in Maine, moose are in peril. But we're getting October, November weather where we're getting 70 degrees into the 80s. And every day it's warm out. I know what's going on in the woods today. What's going on is climate change. Biologists in Maine say winters are now two weeks shorter than they once were. That gives the blood-sucking ticks that only target moose 14 extra days to latch onto them in numbers never before seen. Now you got 60,000 ticks taking blood on you at a time of year where you're trying to make it through with your fat reserves. So they're weakened? So they're weakened, they're anemic. Those thousands of ticks are drawing an astonishing 15 gallons of blood from the moose every two weeks, close to half of a moose's total blood supply. Increasingly, moose, especially the calves, are dying. We joined state biologists on an aerial survey of Maine's northern moose territory. Off we go, and we're airborne. In this sparsely populated region, there are three moose for every resident. There's a moose down there. There's one there. Yeah, it's going to be pretty tough to see. Two decades ago, there were 100,000 moose in Maine. Now it's estimated there are only 60,000. Ticks to moose are like mosquitoes to humans. You imagine yourself out in the woods and there's mosquitoes everywhere. You don't have any bug repellent and your hands are tied behind your back. There's no way to escape those insects. That sounds very painful, and in this case, it can be deadly. Absolutely. 
Moose tours are big business, but spotting a moose, which is never easy, has become even more difficult. You don't make appointments with nature. <laughs> so you feel lucky today? Yes. Moose callers like veteran master guide Roger Lambert mimic a female moose. That's a cow. That's a cow. So right. you're trying to call the male out. Well, yeah, yeah, absolutely. And they play act because a moose's eyesight is so poor. A comical routine that at times draws moose out of the woods. But it goes quick. See, ah, and you do a little nasal, you know, a little stuff. Are you squeezing your nose? You, a little bit, yeah, if you need to. Damn good, Gary. That's damn good. <laughs> really? You didn't even start out with that. I learned from the best. And bingo, a moose. Those regal antlers up to five feet wide. Mother Nature in all her glory takes your breath away. In what may sound counterintuitive to save the moose, state biologists say some must be sacrificed to hunters. The theory, with fewer moose, the ticks will die. It's believed then a healthy moose population can rebuild. State biologists say it'll take about five years to see if what they're doing helps so that the next time somebody does this, we'll actually see lots of moose. Guys, Jerry. I think that was awesome. Yeah. Wow. Okay. He found his calling. Ow. Ow. Get it? That's, come on. Uh, come but on, it doesn't it. sound like it. Come on, try it. Try it. Ah. <laughs> Sounds like a goat. <laughs> like a frog. It's a frog. Wow. Duck in distress. Like Man, I think it's I'm going to go down by the Elks Club, see what I can see. Oh. Anyway, let's uh, show you what's happening. Unfortunately, we're still talking about this oil spill off the California coast, and we've got rain that's helping to disperse it, unfortunately. This was the last observed possible locations, but you you can see they've got oil off of Laguna Beach, San Clemente, even as far south as Oceanside with tarballs being spotted there. And we've got a very active system coming across this weekend and on into early next week. This first storm is going to be pushing in, and ahead of it, we've got very warm conditions and also severe weather developing. We may see 10 million people at risk for severe weather. This is already out for Sunday into Monday, damaging hail, tornadoes possible. Now, there are two what we call tornadoes seasons, April to June, but a second season from October to November. Last time we had Oklahoma had a tornado watch was May 28th. And we may also be seeing our first big winter storm of the season out in the Rockies. The last winter alert for the Rockies, May 4th. And we are talking about snow stretching from Billings, Yellowstone, Casper, Durango, all the way down to Flagstaff, Arizona. So we're going to be watching this as we get into next week as well. And that's your latest weather. Guys? All right, Al, thank you. Uh, coming up as she gets ready to release some new music. Adele is getting very candid in the pages of Vogue. Her first interview in five years. What she's revealing about her new look, the reaction to it, her divorce, and finding love again. But first, these messages. We are back as Chanel Jones joins us. Oh, hello. Morning. Coming up on Popstart, we have some good stuff for you this morning. Our first look at what to expect from Kim Kardashian she gets set to host SNL. Plus, how excited are we today? Food loves football. Oh. Is Matt live on the podcast? Come on, Matt. Our Abdu. Abdu and real food. Cannot wait to share <laughs> oh. those recipes. Yum. Luxury is meant to be livable. Discover the new leather collection at Ashley with premium quality leather sofas, recliners, and more, all built to last. 
No matter how many spills, scuffs, or pet-related mishaps come its way, the leather collection at Ashley is made with the durability you need for the whole family. Shop the new leather collection at Ashley and find chairs starting at $499.99 and sofas at $599.99. Ashley, for the love of home.